Hey, church family, welcome once again to our Easter Sunday service. And if you're watching this after Easter, uh, regardless of when you're watching it, we're just thankful that you've joined us today. It's a special day. Easter is always a special day, and we know that this year uh, it's different and it's, it's unique. Uh, but my prayer is that Easter 2020 is one that you remember for a long time. Uh, not because it was weird or because you didn't get to do what you normally do, but I'm praying that God does something special in your life today through this worship service and through whatever you might do the rest of the day with your family. And so, so thanks again for joining us. What I want you to do as we start is think about the best day of your life. Think back, what is the day in your life that you say, that was the best day of my life? Some of you, if you're wise, you might say uh, it was your wedding day. Some of you might say it was the birth of a child, and I won't, I won't make you say which child that might be. Uh, those of you who maybe are not that old yet, maybe it's, it's uh, when, when your team won the big game, or when you graduated, or maybe the best birthday party that you remember. Whatever day that comes to mind for you, there's a reason why you think that. Something in your life changed that day. On some level, you remember that day being so amazing because it changed the trajectory of your life. See, Christians often say that Easter Sunday, uh, the day that Jesus rose from the dead, is the best day in history. And it is, and we should say that, we should believe that. But, but my question is, is, do we really believe that to be true? Do we really believe that Jesus rising from the dead really is the best thing that ever happened to us? Or do we just like the idea of Jesus being alive? Easter is about so much more than just dressing up and uh, celebrating nice weather. Easter is about a person. Jesus was a real person, and he did something really amazing. And when he did it, he had you and I in mind. See, I love Easter Sunday because the story of Easter is completely ridiculous. I mean, it's, so, it's such a crazy story that it has to be made up, right? But as we're going to see today, there are so many eyewitness accounts from men and, men and women who were there that day that tell us that something amazing happened that day that was not ordinary. And if you follow the events of what happened after the resurrection, uh, the church never should have grown like it did. But it grew because they believed in something that was real, something that really happened, something that was life-changing. And so today we're going to look at the story of a person who his life was changed completely by the resurrection of Jesus. And the person we're going to look at is Simon Peter. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to John chapter 21. And uh, we're going to look at a lot of different passages today, so I'd love for you to follow along the best that you can. So here's what we know about Simon Peter. Uh, Peter was one of the 12 disciples that followed Jesus. And, and we believe that he was actually the oldest of the 12. So he was kind of like big brother Peter to all the other disciples. We also know that he was a fisherman before he followed Jesus. And, and that was true for many of the disciples. Another thing we know about Peter is uh, he was a very passionate guy, very passionate guy. And, and, and Jesus used that for good things uh, as a leader of the disciples. But uh, his passion also got him in trouble sometimes. As we're gonna as we're gonna learn here in a little bit, uh, Peter really messed up. He really he really messed up with Jesus before Jesus went to the cross. And so when when Jesus rose from the dead, it was especially a sweet thing for Peter to discover. But so here's what we're gonna discover as we get into John 21 is that really the resurrection of Jesus redeemed Peter's story in three different ways. And so that's what we're going for as we begin reading. So let's start reading in John 21, starting in verse 1. It says this, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. That's also the Sea of Galilee. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. 
they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. So the first way that we see that Jesus redeems Peter's story through the resurrection is this. We see a renewed faith. Peter's faith is renewed in this moment. See, this is not the first time that Peter has seen Jesus since he's risen from the dead. We're about to find out that this is actually the third time. So Peter knows that Jesus is alive, but again, I think, I think he likes the idea of Jesus being alive, but doesn't really understand the implications of Jesus rising from the dead. And like I said before, Peter feels like he's messed up. We see in the beginning of the story that he has regressed in his faith quite a bit. He says to his guys, he says, I don't know what else to do, so I'm going fishing. And they decide to go with him. But I believe when Peter realized this was Jesus on the shore, we see from his response that his faith, a spark caught in his faith once again. And so, and I say this because this is not the first time that this miracle was performed. And so what I want to do is read to you real quickly from Luke chapter 5. And you're going to hear a lot of similarities. Luke chapter 5, this is the very beginning of Luke's account of, of the ministry of Jesus. So this is when, when Jesus first calls Peter to follow. Listen to this. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is also the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. So they began, so they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So also were James, the son of John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. What kind of faith would it take for you to leave everything and follow Jesus? What would Jesus have to do today on Easter Sunday to prove to you that he was worth leaving everything to follow? I'm sure some of you listening, you've never even given your life to Jesus. You don't believe that Jesus was, was who he said he was. You don't believe that Jesus really rose from the dead. And I'll be honest, I don't, I don't blame you. There's a lot of reasons why it doesn't make sense. But for Peter, he saw something that first day when he first met Jesus that proved to him that Jesus was worth leaving everything to follow. For some of us who've been believers for a long time, I, I think we follow Jesus, but we don't quite leave everything to follow. Again, we like the idea of following Jesus, but maybe we don't understand the implications of it completely. But see, I believe that when Peter 
heard that this was Jesus on the shore that day, that his faith was renewed. I'm sitting here in front of this lake because this lake represents this first point of Peter's renewed faith because a lot of things happen on the water for Peter. He was a fisherman, I told you that. But there's another story where Peter shows extreme faith. There's an account where the disciples are on a boat on the lake, on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is not with them because he's praying by himself. And a storm uh, approaches all of a sudden out of nowhere and the disciples are terrified. There's huge waves, there's strong winds, and they look and they see somebody walking to them on the water and they assume it's a ghost. But then they find out that it's actually Jesus. And so Peter stands up and says, hey, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come out to you walking on the water. And Jesus says, okay, be careful what you wish for. Come on out. And so Peter steps out of the boat and steps on the waves with Jesus and begins to walk on the water. An incredible literal step of faith. But then he looks down and sees what he's doing and gets afraid and he begins to sink. And so Peter pulls him up, Jesus pulls him out by the hand and says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So for Peter, following Jesus was such a roller coaster of these extreme levels of high faith and doubting and low faith. But in this moment, Peter's faith was renewed because Jesus reminded him, reminded him of the moment when he first put his trust in Jesus. And Peter remembered why he put his trust in Jesus in the first place. Let's pick back up in John 21, starting in verse 9. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Now, I want you to underline charcoal fire in your Bible because that's a big deal. If you don't have it, just write it in there on the side. Verse 10. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So Peter shows up on the shore and, and gets out onto the beach and he sees Jesus and he smells the fire that's cooking. And I mentioned that the charcoal fire is a big deal and I'm about to show you why. Rewind just a few chapters to John 18 and here's, here's what happens in the story. You've probably heard this part of the story before. So, so Jesus is having dinner with his disciples the night before he would be killed. He's having dinner with the disciples and he tells them, hey guys, I'm about to go somewhere and you're not going to be able to go with me. But he also shares that one of the disciples is going to betray him. And they look around and they're not really sure what he's talking about. But then Judas gets up and leaves and he would go collect the guards to come and arrest Jesus later that night. But really, Judas was not the only disciple that would betray Jesus. And so Jesus says again, guys, I'm about to leave and you're not going to be able to come with me. And passionate Peter stands up. And he says, Jesus, that's crazy. I, I'll go anywhere you go. I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, Simon Peter, listen, before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to betray me two more times than Judas just has. And Peter's beside himself. He doesn't understand why Jesus would not have trust in Peter. But they leave the dinner and they go to the garden and Jesus is praying. And then Judas shows up with, with the guards to arrest Jesus. And Peter stands up. He's going to prove to Jesus finally that he really will lay down his life for him. Peter draws the sword and he cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers. And Jesus says, Peter, no, that, that's, not, that's not how this is going to go. Put your sword away. And Jesus would heal that guard's ear. And then he would give himself over to the guards. And he would lead away to be 
tried. So I'm going to pick up right there in John 18, and I want you to listen to what happens next. John 18, starting in verse 15. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I'm not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire. Underline charcoal fire right there in verse 18. Because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. Skip down to verse 25. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, and so they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I'm not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once the rooster crowed. Matthew's gospel tells us that Peter in that moment began to curse. He cursed out these men. He cursed out the middle school girl who accused him of knowing Jesus. Luke's gospel gives us a really chilling detail. Luke tells us that the moment the rooster crowed, that Jesus turned around and looked at Peter. So here we are back in John 21, and Peter realizes that Jesus is on the shore. His faith is renewed, and he jumps from the boat, and he swims up to Jesus. And we see the second way that Jesus redeems Peter's story. We see a restored relationship. But it's not restored right away because Jesus arrives on the shore, sorry, Peter arrives on the shore and he sees the charcoal fire. You see a charcoal fire, like I have here behind me, a charcoal fire gives off a very distinct smell. Now I'm sure this is not the only times that a charcoal fire was present, but John tells us this detail because he wants these two stories to be connected. These are the only two times in scripture when a charcoal fire is specified. And so Peter arrives on the shore, he smells the charcoal fire, and he looks at Jesus. And I promise you, I guarantee that his emotions were taken back to the night where he betrayed Jesus three different times, the night before Jesus would be killed. He never knew that he would see Jesus again. Peter thought he had messed it up beyond repair, that any plans Jesus had for him were now gone because he betrayed Jesus. But Jesus wants to restore Peter's relationship with him. But it's going to be a painful process. First, Peter has to, has to face the betrayal. Jesus wants Peter to remember the night that he betrayed Jesus. And here's why, church. This is important. Today's Easter Sunday, but we cannot get to Easter Sunday without first going through Good Friday. Easter Sunday comes every year, but we have to get to Good Friday first. And I, you know, I know we call it Good Friday, but Peter would not have called it that. It would have been more like Hopeless Friday. The story is over Friday. But we cannot celebrate Easter without being real about how we have betrayed Jesus. Peter knew that it was his fault that Jesus was on the cross. We have to own that as well. We are all equally to blame for Jesus giving his life that day. And so for Peter's relationship with Jesus to be restored, he had to face the fact that he betrayed Jesus on that night. Regardless, we see here that his relationship with Jesus was restored. See, the book of Romans says that we all fall short, every single one of us. The punishment for our sin, my sin, your sin, is death, is eternal separation. But the resurrection of Jesus gives us a way out. So we see a, we see a restored relationship with Peter and Jesus here on the beach. 
Picking back up in John 21, we're going to see the third way that the resurrection redeems Peter's story. Verse 15. When they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, then tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. Skip down to verse 19. And after saying this, Jesus said to him, follow me. So we saw, we saw first that Peter's faith was renewed. And then we saw a relationship restored. Here we see a recalled purpose. I have next to me a rock. We already talked about the water behind me. We talked about the fire on this side of me. And now we have the rock. And the rock is very symbolic. You might ask yourself, why? What is significant about a rock? What I want to do is read you one more passage. And this is at the very beginning of the story when, when Peter first meets Jesus for the very first time. Way back in John chapter 1, here's what we see. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So the first time Peter ever meets Jesus, his brother brings him and says, Hey, we found the Messiah. This is the real deal. And so Simon walks up and Jesus says, Hey, I know you. You're Simon, son of John. And Peter's like, Okay, how do you know that? But then Jesus says, Hey, uh, I'm going to call you something else. I'm going to call you Cephas. Now, Cephas is an Aramaic name, an Aramaic word. That's the language that Jesus spoke. But in Greek, it translates to Peter. So that's why we call him Peter. The Greek word for Peter is Petros. Now, the word for rock in Greek is Petra. And those two words are oftentimes confused and even uh, interchangeable. And so Peter's name in Greek means rock. You're like, that's not that cool of a name. Why is that a big deal? Let me tell you about one more account where Jesus is walking with his disciples and he asks them all, he says, hey guys, uh, what's the word on the street? What are people saying about me? And they say, well, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're Moses. Some say you're Elijah. And Jesus says, okay, uh, so who do you say that I am? Talking to his 12 and Peter would speak up the mouthpiece of the disciples. And he says, well, you are the Christ. You're, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, Bless you, Simon, son of John. And then he says, On this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not stand against it, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Jesus is saying, Simon Peter, because of what you just said, I will build my church on that truth. But also, on this rock, Peter, on you, I will build my church. See, Peter would be a very foundational part of the, of the launch, the growth of the church in the book of Acts. And so this point number three, what we see is we see a recalled purpose. In this moment, when Jesus is talking to Peter, three different times he says to him, Simon, son of John, Simon, son of John. He doesn't call him Peter, but he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus regresses along with Peter and says, hey, when we first met, you were, you were just Simon, son of John. You were a fisherman. You didn't have the purpose that I had called you to yet. And so Jesus very intentionally says, Simon, son of John. 
but he gives him three chances to redeem himself, to repent for when he betrayed Jesus. One for every time that he betrayed Jesus. And so here they are having breakfast and Jesus says, hey, don't forget, I've called you to more. I've called you to be Peter, the rock, the person I want to use for a big mission here moving forward. And then he leaves, leaves this, this discussion, this conversation and says, Peter, follow me. And so Peter gets a second chance. Peter thought that he would never see Jesus again. He thought he had ruined the whole thing. But Jesus redeems his story. So the main idea, the bottom line, the main thing I want us to take away from this message today is this. Jesus can redeem my story for my good and for his glory. Jesus can redeem your story for your good and for his glory. This is Peter's story. Peter would leave here. He would, he would follow Jesus again. His faith would be renewed. His relationship restored. His, his purpose recalled. And the story goes on in the book of Acts. Jesus would ascend to heaven, would leave the planet, and, and uh, the Spirit of God would descend on the disciples. And that moment when that happens in Acts chapter 2, Peter's the one that stands up on the steps to the temple and would preach in front of thousands of people. People from all over the land that spoke a bunch of different languages. But because of God's power, they could all understand what Peter was saying. And Peter began to preach. He just simply told the people what he saw Jesus do. He may have talked about what we see in John 21. I have no idea. But the, uh, Acts 2 tells us that on that day, over 3,000 men were saved. And Peter would continue to lead the church. Peter was the mouthpiece to the Jewish people of the church in the book of Acts. See, God had a plan for Peter that was bigger than he ever thought would be possible. If it were not for Peter, we would not be here today. But if it were not for this moment on the beach, G Peter never would have had a chance to, to do the things that he did. If it were not for Jesus being killed and rising from the dead, Peter never, never would have had a chance to redeem his story. And if it were not for my sin and your sin and Peter's betrayal, Jesus never would have had to go to the cross. And so church, today I pray that you take this to heart, that Jesus wants to and can redeem your story for your good and for his glory. I don't know what steps of redemption you need to make today. All I know is we all fall short and we all mess up and we are all responsible for Jesus being sent to the cross. But we celebrate today because Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated death, he defeated hell, he defeated sin, and he's given us a chance at life. Eternal life, yes, but also a full life today. And if Peter were sitting here next to me, he would tell you, hey guys, listen, I screwed up so bad but it's completely worth it to restore your relationship with Jesus. And I'm telling you, we would love nothing more than for that to happen with you today. So here in a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation. And if you want to pray to receive Jesus, we hope and pray you would do that today. It would be incredible. Thank you again for joining us today for Easter. And we pray you have a blessed rest of your day.